You've heard the headlines. Get some perspective now with Bruce St. James and Pamela Hughes. Good morning. Um, We're going to jump right into Monday's show. My goodness, there's a heck of a lot to talk about today. The lead. Yeah, you know what? And and we're going to kick it off with this story that probably scared a few people yesterday. And that is the announcement from the health department confirming the first case of coronavirus right here in Arizona. Now, what we know is that the patient lives here in Maricopa County. And it's being described as a member of the Arizona State University community. Now, we don't know exactly what that means. Is it a student? Is it an employee? We don't know. But what we do know is that this person recently returned from the area of China, which is the hotbed of the coronavirus. And just to acknowledge, yeah. I'll say some of the obvious. We have a, a Chandler police officer injured in what is as it's laying out a pretty bizarre incident, we're officer trying to get involved details. involved shooting out in Chandler, yeah. The, the officer has non-life-threatening injuries. I think that's important to point out right Absolutely. off the bat. Um, we are going to be talking to former Suns owner Jerry Colangelo in just about a half hour, 930, uh, about uh, his uh, m- memories of Kobe Bryant. Because everybody knows where they were yesterday when yeah. they first found out that Kobe Bryant died. Um there's, there's evolutions the, that are taking place in the impeachment investigation. Inve- uh, trial, thank you very much. <sighs> are the Grammys rigged? Yeah, the Grammys fall way down on, on, on yeah. the scope but of we'll, what we have to talk about we'll today. We'll start with coronavirus yeah. only because um, this virus, which is with its genesis in a exotic food market in China, and we're hearing maybe trace back to snakes... Um, we now have a, a confirmed case here in the Valley. We've got our first confirmed case of the 2019 novel coronavirus. We have an adult member of the ASU community that had uh, traveled to Wuhan, China, um, and developed symptoms when they got back to uh, Arizona. That is the Arizona Department of Health Services director there, Dr. Kara Christ. And she is you know, obviously reacting to this because so many people here in Arizona are concerned. Sure. And I think rightfully so. Um, we, there's one individual who is is ill, but not definitely ill. Yeah, yeah. okay. Oh, Quarantined right now. And I think it's important to give people those facts. But here's the other aspect about this yeah. that I think that is is, is a bit scary. And, and this is why it concerns me. Here's a little bit more from Dr. Kara Christ about how this virus is is spreading. We know that there is um, person-to-person spread among close contacts based on the information that we are getting from uh, our, our health partners in China. So we're working with our federal partners and local health. The general public who does not have travel to China or Wuhan, China at this point, um, or a, is a close contact of somebody who is confirmed or under investigation for this coronavirus, Coronavirus, um, the risk is relatively low at this time. Okay, a couple right. of things going on there. Um, one, I, I'm, I'm interested to find out, and I haven't read or heard or had the opportunity to ask anybody about how long ago this individual, the first confirmed case of coronavirus in Arizona, how long ago did they travel there? 
and That's how relevant. long and how long have they been back? The reason being because of this. One of the new developments in the story over the weekend, folks, is that we've now learned that you can spread this disease when you don't show any symptoms. And I think that's what you just said is kind of maybe a light bulb moment. Reason I bring that up. We know that was it it's five or six airports here in the United States have been doing some sort of screenings and you might have seen these around the world and they are screening people for do you have a temperature specifically they're actually using like that laser that thing on your forehead, on your forehead right? okay you're good to go with the argument being if you're showing any signs of an infection we're going to pull you aside and ask more questions what we're finding is you may have this virus inside you be able to transmit it to others but not show any outward signs and and i'm not trying to be an alarmist here i'm just sharing with you folks what went through my mind this weekend as i learned that arizona has its first case of coronavirus for me then i go okay well where uh-huh. where in arizona did this case pop up well we find out that it was in maricopa county and not just in maricopa county at arizona state university my question then became downtown campus okay or tempe campus Irrelevant. last night we learned that it was the tempe campus hmm. okay the thought that then went through my mind bruce was is there a worse place in arizona that this case could pop up concentrated area yeah, lots of, the of largest people, universities in the country in our backyard people coming and going tra- uh, traveling constantly maybe don't live on campus could could move around the state and the city and i know that there are people listening right now who have kids that go to asu that have loved ones that go there or work there and and they're probably afraid now should they be should they be it doesn't appear to be so right now. You just heard from Dr. Karakrist there that unless you have traveled to and from China, you know, there is a low risk at this time. Got I thought it. that at this, at time, this time. Right. Um, but it, it does beg the question as to what happened. How do you protect people? You're going to be notified, so to speak, if you have had firsthand contact with this person. So we don't, again, we don't know if it's a student. We don't know if it's somebody who works there. We yeah. don't know really anything other than they're just associated with the university, which is right. kind of scary. Sure. But Dr. Karakrist also said this, which... I've got some thoughts on. One of the things that we want to caution everybody is that we have a pretty significant flu season this year. So we've had over 12,000 cases of influenza. The symptoms are very similar. So what we want people to look for if they've had a history of travel or if a close contact has had a history of travel to China, um, it's uh, fever, cough, runny nose, sore throat, respiratory issues, very similar to flu-like symptoms. Yeah, but this individual who worked at or worked is a community member of ASU. I'm trying to be careful because yeah, we don't know. And I'm not, again, yeah, we're not we, trying to be we, coy on purpose. Yeah, or, or use words that people don't normally use in everyday conversation. But but this is how it's being described to us. If they're notifying people who've had person-to-person contact with them, let's say, let's say like if they were in a classroom together or if they worked in the same building or something along those lines. But what about if you were at a restaurant or on the light rail? Or, I mean, like... In the airport. How, how are you notified at that mm-hmm. point? You would have no idea. You would have no idea. And because they present with the same symptoms as the flu, what I've also heard, which is a good thing. So, again, I'm not trying to be right. an alarmist here. I'm trying to give people some of the facts as we understand them right now. Here is a good thing that we are learning about the coronavirus. And that is... Not so much here because it's the United States, but what they're finding in China is 
there are probably a heck of a lot more people infected with it than we know. Right. That they're not sh- not everybody who becomes infected shows symptoms. Why is that good? Because you can still pass it along. It's good because this is not a death sentence. We have over some like 2,000 or something confirmed cases and about 80 deaths. There's probably a heck of a lot more cases out there and 80 deaths, which means the fatality rate is probably a lot lower than fair, what we're seeing right fair. now. And, but, and again, not trying to be an alarmist, but again, I, this one feels different to me for a lot of, a lot of reasons. And, and the concern is, and, and the reason they call it the a novel, by the way, and that's not, that's not just throwing a word in, they call it the novel coronavirus, is because we've never seen it before. Novel means it's the first iteration that we've ever encountered of this, which means they are still figuring out exactly how to combat it, uh, whether there's a vaccine for it, etc. The concern is, and what you're seeing in China specifically at the epicenter is, that the healthcare system is being overwhelmed. Yeah. And if you are turning people away, or if people who may be infected are showing symptoms, can't get through the front door of the doctor's office or the hospital, how does that then make this problem even worse? You know, they, they are, they're literally trying to build hospitals to keep up in, in China right now. And that's why, again, it just feels different to me. I don't think I'm. Uh, no, I, I, I'm not. I, I'm not bunkered down. You know, well, I, I don't mean, wear it's, the masks it's, it's, it's right an now. Un, it's unprecedented. Yes. the way that they've quarantined folks over in China, and they're extending the vacation time folks are getting for the Chinese, uh, like Lunar New Year, mm-hmm. because they want folks to stay at home well, and not travel, so that th- this doesn't spread. We had the Hubei province, if I'm saying that properly, where, where this city of Wuhan is in. 11 million people there. 59 million in this province. They're also extending some of the. Um, warnings now to Beijing. Uh, And you can start seeing when it gets into these economic and manufacturing centers in China, we don't know how quickly and how it would spread. We're working on getting somebody from the Arizona Department of Health Services on. We're working on somebody who's an expert that can shed some light on this developing situation here in Arizona. What questions do you have for that person? What do you want to better understand now that Arizona has its first confirmed case of coronavirus? Give us a call on the open mic line, 602-200-2733. 602-200-2733. The open mic line brought to you by Carol Royce with Keller Williams Realty, East Valley. You know, the news broke uh, on TMZ. So I always take that with, I admit it, a certain grain of salt. And um, the word that there'd been a a helicopter accident, that Kobe Bryant was on board and that nobody had survived. Uh, Pretty soon we found out that that was exactly uh, the case. A tragic, a devastating loss uh, for more than just the sports community. And a lot of people feeling it today. We're going to dig into that and give you the latest on what we know. Bruce St. James and Pamela Hughes. Transition in VFR condition. VFR condition 1,500 to Echo X. Helicopter 2 Echo X, thank you. Contact SoCal now 134.2 for flight following. That is uh, some of the air traffic control that uh, uh, the last moments of the helicopter that Kobe Bryant, uh, uh, his 13 year old daughter, and uh, seven other people, including the pilot, were on um, before the uh, the plane crashed in the Calabasas area of uh, uh, Southern California, killing all those on board. Um, one of the things that we are learning from some of the air traffic control uh, between the helicopter and air traffic controllers is that there were 
um, there was fog or low clouds in the area and that they were operating on kind of a modified system, uh, not to be too technical, but you have VFR visual flight rules and IFR instrument flight rules. And that um, I'm, I'm seeing a lot of people saying that possibly the pilot didn't take the lack of visibility as seriously as he should. Yeah. You know what? I know nothing about flying. Nothing. I have no idea what it is that you've just said. But I came to that conclusion yesterday as well. Yeah. When um, I was at Snowball up in Flagstaff and we had just gotten off the mountain and we were getting ready to leave. And there were a bunch of uh, eh, teenagers, young college kids and the number of F-bombs that were coming out of their mouth in front of my 10 year old really started to irritate me. And so I was about ready to approach them like, come on, guys, like I get every once in a while you hear, but this is a bit much. And then I heard what they were talking about. Yeah. And I was I was shocked. And as I read about the story, I, initially I thought, OK, you know, was there a mechanical failure? Yeah, you know. But but then when I heard about low visibility and fog in the time of day, my and, first and the hills, the mountains, ab- right absolutely there in Calabasas. Calabasas. My yeah. first inclination is what are you doing flying a helicopter at that point? Now, the bigger issue and getting away from that technical side of it, though, is the loss of nine human lives. Yeah. And among them. A basketball legend. And, you know, I'm not a huge basketball fan, but I've always been a fan of Kobe Bryant. I graduated from high school in 1996. Okay. And that year, I was a cheerleader at Seneca Valley High School. Go Raiders. And the McDonald's Basketball All-American Classic was being held in Pittsburgh. Oh, okay. And I had the opportunity to try out for the cheerleading squad. Wow. Didn't make it. Okay. Well, <laughs> uh, my girlfriend, Kristen Baker, did. <laughs> okay, good for And Kristen. so we went to the Pitt Field House to watch her. And there was a young man out of Philadelphia mm-hmm. who was tremendous. I had never Dominated seen somebody play basketball like it. And it was a senior high school player, Kobe Bryant. Yeah. And to see him skip college and go straight to the NBA, legend. Legend. But, you know, it, it wasn't just Kobe. On that helicopter was also his 13-year-old daughter and a couple of her teammates. Yeah, they were – Kobe has a – it sounds weird to say past tense, but a a basketball academy. And they were flying to the academy for some games. And so you had some of – um, uh, teammates, coaches, friends on board that flight, including two other, uh, excuse me, uh, yeah, two other young girls yeah. uh, who were athletes, uh, teammates, if you will, uh, their parents, a coach, and the pilot. You know, and, and digging in the crates, you can always go back. I mean, with somebody like a superstar status of like Kobe Bryant, there's so many interviews, there's so much footage. And super producer Stevie Z was able to find some from um, Jimmy Kimmel when Kobe Bryant was on talking about his daughter. Mm. And we wanted to share that with you for a moment because this isn't Kobe Bryant, the superstar that, you know, battled LeBron James for the number of points scored and, you know, blah, blah. This is Kobe Bryant, the dad. Yeah. And you know what? Everybody listening right now can relate to this aspect of Kobe, more so than being a superstar. Take a listen. Do you think your daughter might want to play in the WNBA? She does, for sure. She does? I, I don't, it means this, this kid, man. She's Wouldn't like, that be great? Dude, man, I, I'm telling you. The, be, the, best thing, the best thing that happens is when we go out and, and, and fans will come up to me and she'll be standing next to me and they'll be like, 
hey, you got to have a boy. You and V got to have a boy, man. You have somebody carry on the tradition, the legacy. She's like, oh, yeah. I got this. But that's right. Yes, you do. You got this. And and, wow. and and I mean that that's a dad. That's a right? proud a proud father. Not not only is that a, a basketball superstar, but I bet you he took the role as dad more important. And and this was also somebody who didn't just look for that in his kids. He looked for that in in others. You try to teach the kids what excellence looks like, right? And it's not that you know. Some of them may want to play in the WNBA. Some of them may not. Right. But we try to give them a foundation of the amount of work and preparation that it takes to be excellent in whatever it is that you choose to do. Mm -hmm. Right. So we're here playing basketball. We're going to focus on the details. We're going to learn the basics. We're going to learn the fundamentals. We're going to do those things over and over. And uh, and hopefully it's something that they can apply to other areas in their life. Yeah. So uh, there's a reason why the offspring of great athletes um, do great things. And I think it's more than just the money and the opportunity. Mindset. You know, I mean, when you have a dad that instills in you preparation, uh, perfection, greatness, achieving things, you know, that, that environment you grow up in, you... But what was so cool about him, though, is that was an environment he wasn't just trying to create for his own child. That was an environment he was trying to create for the other kids out there whose parents aren't superstars. So as everybody today is talking about the legend and the legacy left behind by Kobe Bryant on the basketball court, there's also another aspect as a human being that I think that we can all relate to. Few of us had uh, an opportunity to spend any time around Kobe Bryant, okay? You may feel very connected to him, but um, our guest next up uh, sat on the uh, across the court from him, for lack of better terms, as the owner of the Suns, and also uh, recruited him as part of USA Basketball and the Olympic team. Uh, former Phoenix Suns owner Jerry Colangelo joins us to share his thoughts on Kobe. That's coming up next. Arizona's news station, KTAR News on 92.3 FM. Get some perspective. Bruce St. James and Pamela Hughes. Uh, We are working on getting former Suns owner Jerry Colangelo on with us, having some connection problems. As soon as we get them, we're going to come back and uh, Mr. Colangelo will be able to share a lot of his very personal uh, stories of uh, working against and with Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant, right? Yeah. Um, the other thing, again, on a, on a day, a weekend, uh, where it seemed every five minutes there was another bombshell news report was that uh, the Senate impeachment trial will resume today. Uh, I know a lot of you were glued no, you weren't. to the TV no, Saturday no, you weren't. Uh, when the uh, White House counsel made their opening statements, right? Saturday morning, you were watching C-SPAN. No, nobody was watching no, C-SPAN. No, and in fact, nobody was even watching the hearings last week when the Dems had their opening statements. Yeah. And how do I know that? Well, because broadcast networks say that viewership falls short of Days of Our Lives, yeah. General Hospital, soap operas. Well, and, and so I, I feel a sense of responsibility that, that if you are not paying attention to it at every minute, we're going to try to give you as much of the unvarnished truth as we can. Yeah, and it's also kind of the Cliff's Notes version Fair because enough. nobody needs all of the... Well, it's like, also very repetitive. It is. Okay, so what's the latest? Latest. What do you need to know right now? 
Well, you need to know that the needle might be moving a little bit. Okay, so why was the needle moving? Well, you've heard of John Bolton and that he has been willing to testify in front of the Senate. Former national security advisor. Didn't do it in the House, but said, yep, I'll do it in front of the Senate. Is he going to be able to? Well, you need some Republicans that would vote for witnesses. And there's additional pressure on those senators, Republican senators right now. Why? Well, there's a book. In the new book titled The Room Where It Happened, John Bolton, the president's former national security advisor, reportedly writes President Trump told him aid to Ukraine was tied to investigations into Democrats, including Joe Biden. The August conversation after the hold was already in place and Mr. Bolton brought up his concerns over the delay. It's a firsthand account that directly contradicts what the president's lawyers have been arguing in the Senate trial of the president's impeachment. Overnight, President Trump tweeting out a denial, writing, He never told Bolton that Bolton had never complained that the only reason he's saying it now is to, quote, sell a book. Okay, there's a lot going on. So here's the deal. Uh, Former National Security Advisor John Bolton is writing a book. There's a manuscript out there expected to be out mid-March sometime in March. Right. The as per I want to say it's literally the rules. Right. As a former member of government, you have to submit your book for review so that, you know, if there was like sensitive stuff, they they take a black magic marker to it. Okay, they did that on December 30th. They gave it to the White House. Yes. Uh, Mr. Bolton's attorney say that the White House received a copy of this book on December 30th. In the book. By the way, they neither confirm nor deny, but in their statement. It seems like there's something. They are disappointed that some of the facts of the book have leaked out. The facts being that Bolton contradicts exactly what the White House attorneys were were saying in front of the Senate on Saturday. The, the exact thing they're saying, that there's no reason to impeach, there's no reason to remove, because it never happened. John Bolton says, I was instructed to make it happen. New York Times apparently got their hand on this manuscript in it. They say that the President Trump told his national security advisor in August that he wanted to continue freezing the $391 million in security assistance to Ukraine until officials there helped with investigations into Democrats, including Biden. This is according to the unpublished manuscript. Now, why is this important? Well, we're starting to kind of connect the dots because, again, Bolton says he would testify in front of the Senate. Now, last week, we had the rules that were voted on in the impeachment trial, and McConnell didn't want any witnesses. No witnesses. But you need more Republicans to, you need Republicans to vote for witnesses after opening statements are given in order for that testimony to be allowed to be heard in the Senate and for us to hear it. I think what this manuscript now does, Bruce, is it puts not pressure, but also additional cover for Republicans out there that do want witnesses. You've heard about the four out there, right? The four senators that may flip, so to speak, and vote for witnesses. We're hearing there's a lot more. Yeah. Nobody wants to be the 50. 51st senator. So if they can get six or if they can get 10, that's going to provide them cover. At the end of the day, I don't think it changes anything with an acquittal, but at least that information comes out. And I think that's what you're going to possibly see this week. You're seeing a lot of R's in the Senate saying, well, maybe we need to hear from John Bolton. Does that change anything moving forward? We'll find out. It's going to be an interesting day, if nothing else, to hear how the President's attorneys attempt to uh, 
discredit Trump's own hand-picked National Security Advisor, John Bolton, apparently claiming that he's lying. Interesting. Good luck with that, by the way. There is a lot going on out there. Is that fair to say today? Several stories. Kobe Bryant, coronavirus, the incident involving the Chandler police officer. We're going to get you caught up on everything. Coming up next on Arizona's News Station. Arizona's News Station. KTAR News on 92.3 FM. Bruce St. James and Pamela Hughes. A lot of stories swirling around today, uh, and certainly one of the ones that has touched a lot of lives, and you may not even be aware of how, is the death of Kobe Bryant uh, and uh, all the others on board that helicopter that went down in, it it appears, maybe some foggy conditions, uh, Calabasas, just north of the Los Angeles area. Um, And you're seeing people from all walks of life, all different areas who who feel very affected by this loss it is it is not i'm never going to tell you how to mourn and this but but this seems to have have touched people in a, in a, in a, a way that maybe not every celebrity or sports athlete's death does well because it's kobe bryant and you don't expect kobe bryant to be dead at 41 the 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 the, the suddenness of it the tragedy of it but Yes, the suddenness, the tragedy, the name. I mean, the guy is was like a, a legend in his own time. And what it reminded me of yesterday as I was driving back from Flagstaff is that tomorrow was promised to no one. Mm-hmm. It wasn't even promised to Kobe Bryant. And so what I kept chewing on is his someday came and he left a legacy behind. Right. There's a solid argument to be made for that. What legacy are you leaving behind? Yeah. He left a mark, as you say. Right. But what legacy are you leaving behind? What are you doing today? Because tomorrow is promised to no one. Someday is coming. Right. You don't know when it's coming. And I think that that's what really impacted people yesterday. You you didn't expect Kobe Bryant to go like that so young, so soon with his daughter on board. Even when you see part of it is you see pictures of Kobe Bryant. Uh, I saw pictures uh, from Friday at a. The tournament, his daughter's tournament, she was playing it. He looks like he could still play. Absolutely. You know, he doesn't he doesn't look like some frail gray haired old yeah, man. He's not frail. He he and, and still so, looks I mean, every part the star athlete that he was. And you know what? We we've we've lost legends, so to speak, in in every facet of, you know, entertainment, whether it be sports or movies or music. It it, it happens. It's called life. But when somebody young like that is taken from us so unexpectedly. I think that's where it really kind of shocks people. And I hope it shocks people into into action, into the, the realization of, you know, how are you making today great? How are you furthering your legacy? What are you – stop waiting for someday hmm. because – So here's, here's, here's another way to say it. What did you put off today? Mm-hmm. And And – what makes you think you could do that tomorrow? That's what was going through my mind. Hmm. It wasn't the number of championships. It wasn't the all-star games. It wasn't the the basketball stats. It was just the reminder of tomorrow's promise to no one. Yeah. So what can I do to 
to do it now and not wait and not put it off. And and I think that that's how you can take this tragedy, take something so negative and so hurtful that I know so that is raw because people are mourning his death yeah. and and be empowered by it and to learn from it and to do something positive with it. Yeah. I think that's a great a, a, a great message. And, and getting back to the point you made of what do you leave behind? Mm-hmm. You know, most of you were not going to leave behind one of the greatest basketball players ever no. played. And, and we're not saying that in retrospect, you know, just because he's gone. He was one of the greatest basketball players of all time Friday. Right. <laughs> Saturday. You know what I'm saying? It's not... Uh, um, uh, we're speaking positively now that he's gone. Um, but there's ways that you can leave your mark in your, your own special way. And maybe it's not for tens of millions of people who never meet you and only see you through television. No, not at it all. could be people that you've uh, impacted directly in your life. By the way, I thought this was kind of interesting. I saw it was a tweet. Um, and you might remember the story. It was a couple weeks ago. There was a, a car accident in Southern California. And Kobe Bryant got out, was was not involved in the accident, but pulled up on it and helped the guy get out of his car, directed traffic. There's these pictures of like Kobe Bryant. He's a tall dude, by the way, directing traffic like that. And that was not Kobe Bryant, a basketball player. It was Kobe Bryant, a guy pulled up on a traffic accident and trying to help somebody. And the guy who he helped said, you know, the airbags go off. I'm dazed. Kobe Bryant's helping me out on the car. Well, let me just leave you with this. You have an opportunity today that Kobe Bryant doesn't have. Wow. That's that's pretty deep, Pamela. What are you going to do with it? Yeah. Interesting. A lot of people will never think that they have an opportunity that Kobe Bryant wouldn't have. You have one today. Tomorrow is promised to no one. We'll switch gears. Um, Senator McSally is trying to clarify... Uh, what she said and the motivation behind some of her comments last week directed at a reporter asking her questions. We'll share with you that. It's coming up next on Arizona's News Station.